This podcast is a part of the Podmania Podcasting Network. Check out podmania.co.uk to check out more of our great podcasts, features, reviews, match ratings and previews spanning the crazy and diverse world of professional wrestling. Hello, my name is Simon Miller from What Culture Wrestling and you are listening to the Podmania Pro Wrestling Podcast and you better keep listening to it. Why? Here's why. You're listening to the Podmania Pro Wrestling Podcast, a sample of the best pro wrestling podcasts we can produce on our tiny budget. Check us out on Apple Podcasts, Podcast Addict, CastBox, and all other podcast platforms. If it's wrestling you want, check out more of our great content at podmania.co.uk. Let's do this. Welcome to another episode of the Pod Mania Podcast. I'm your host, Rob Gooden. I'm joined by the Owl and the Tigger to my Christopher Robin. It's Garth and it's Chris. How are we, boys? Good, good, good. I am definitely the Tigger of Pod Mania. Oh, 100%. I don't think I've ever drawn a more appropriate parallel between an animated he- character and a person I do a podcast with. Did you guys have um, the Tigger toys growing up, the one that bounced up and down? No. No, I was always more of a piglet man myself. <laughs> more Transformers and shit. Because <laughs> you were a real man. To be fair, I had Transformers, but kept, I kept breaking them because I couldn't transform them properly. Weirdly, though, I never liked trans. <laughs> you couldn't transform them properly. <laughs> Why won't you turn into a bus? It's because I'm a boat. Oh. I, I don't know. I never really got into Transformers. I got into Spider-Man in a big way. So his his thing. My generation got Transformers Armada, which is like a, it's anime inspired. Uh, and I can already hear Garth hating it. So like, there's literally girls my generation who fancied Starscream. What? <laughs> yeah, that's, a, that's an that's an actual thing. <laughs> just the sound of Garth, just deep breathing in just. <laughs> complete disappointment in Chris's generation. Honestly. Literally, look it up. There's people, there are people who fancy Starscream. Starscream? Okay. Star- I'm going to Google sexy Starscream. Uh, <laughs> maybe not. <laughs> Make sure it's not your work laptop. <laughs> Hang on. Starscream Transformers. Oh, someone in stardom or something? <laughs> oh, this, this is the high quality content that people come to oh, the Podmania okay, so podcast I, for. So I just Googled it. I tell you what, it's one of him bending over. He's an he's an attractive bloke. Well, he's I like, mean he's not a bloke. He is a robot. But <laughs> by the fuck boy, I'd fuck. Absolutely. I tell you what, he's a handsome fucking handsome dude. Yeah. Yeah. You know what? I get it. It's like it's like how people fancy Loki. <laughs> Lads, I'm not being funny. You know when I said just before we came on, this will probably only be an hour. Um... <laughs> <laughs> We are Good pretty off the rails already, aren't we? Already. So, ladies and gentlemen, we are here to review the NXT UK TakeOver Blackpool 2 show that we were at. Uh, we'll recall all the matches and everything, and we'll talk about our time in Blackpool and all that kind of shit. But first, a question. The Sunday that me and Garth came home and Chris had to spend a night alone and cold in Blackpool... Um, it wasn't cold. <laughs> but I was so alone. I was so alone. Um, Impact held their hard to kill 
pay per view, and on... they're very hard to ki- they're very easy to kill on Twitch, apparently. Well, apparently so. Um, and we sat in the hotel room on Saturday watching all these things stream in about um, Tessa Blanchard. And uh, fast forward twenty four hours, and Tessa Blanchard has beaten Sammy Callahan in the main event of Hard to Kill, and is now the first female to hold the Impact World Heavyweight Championship. And basically, I just wanted to feel out how what you guys think about this. Now, I'll start with Garth because a Tessa is boy for Garth. Mm-hmm. And also, Impact is totes his jam. So... <laughs> Are you trying to get me down with a fucking kid drop? Honestly, I have never felt more uncool than I did when I said those <laughs> words. Um, so, Garth, opinions. Do you think it's a good move, bad move? What do you think? Uh, I think it's a good move. I think it's a brave move. It is deserved. Because she's, for a long time, been sort of top three in the company. Um Obviously, all the other shit sort of overshadowed it. All the stuff about apparent bullying and etc. Flagrant um, racism. Yeah, but I think purely on the wrestling side and the for the company, I think it's really, really good. And I think it's it's progression to the point that yes, other companies are doing it, but has anybody ever put their world heavyweight title on a woman? Not a company the size of. Impact Wrestling, because despite, you know, their quite hefty fall from grace in recent years, you know, they are still considered a, a mainstream company, and I don't think anyone that size has had, you know, the cojones to actually do that now. They get a whole think, 75 pay-per-view buys. <laughs> I think the good thing that could come of it is a lot of other women in other companies are going to start asking the question, why can't I do that? Hmm. I think it's, I think it's a good thing, um, definitely. Chris, what about you? I've been saying for a long time that um, the way WWE inherently books women's wrestling means that a women's championship is never convincingly in the main event because people always think it's false because of how WWE has booked it. So I think it's the only real way in America to get women in the main event and is to put men's championships on them. And to be fair, I'd like intergender wrestling. It was a question of whether it was it's right to put the belt on Tessa after the allegations. I feel this was in the cards already, and I feel like like this, these are very serious allegations, but they're not serious enough to screech away from Carr so much. I agree. Um, for me, personally, I think Tessa Blanchard is, A, probably the most marketable person Impact has on their roster at the moment. She's got lots of, lot of buzz well, RV, around her. RVD. Well, yeah. She's <laughs> essentially a fucking porn star now, apparently. <laughs> he is single-handedly the reason that they don't go on Twitch anymore. Um, but I think that it's brought a lot of hype around the company, and I think, it's, I think it is the right move. Um, a couple of quotes. Um, we'll start with... The bad one, and this is Booker T on his recent podcast, has come out and publicly slated this decision, labelling it, and I quote, the worst decision Impact has ever made. Now, I will quickly say before <laughs> I mean, it's you not jump bad, in... They did, hire, they did hire Booker T at one point, so that's the worst decision. I will just say, this is a company that had Brooke Hogan um, as a major, major plot device. And I think this is also the company that had the Claire Lynch storyline and AJ's baby. Um, um, the thing is, though, it's not even like the worst thing TNA have done 
ethically. You know, they've released wrestlers that they're sort of responsible for ending their careers. So, like, they're not... We can't pretend that like, this is the worst thing Impact have ever fucking done because it was at one point ran by fucking Dixie Carter, so... Yeah. No, I, I agree so, like, with that. Honestly, they, what essentially what's happened is that they've put the belt on their biggest star. That's essentially what's happened, and but and how shitty that star is came out on the day. Now, like I'm not I'm not gonna lie, I can see this end up end up being a short reign because of this. But like, but like, what the fuck else can TNA do to get headlines apart from release new belts, which apparently are very div- <laughs> very divisive. Garth loves them. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know, like. I haven't read through all the allegations, but I haven't read any of the allegations since I got back from, and since we read through them all, uh, Blackpool. So, yeah, it's the it... bad allegations. They're gonna be on the fucking atrocious. Like, like I don't blame for like stardom for not booking someone like Tessa anymore. Like, but to be fair, I think part of it is the fact that she didn't bother to try and apologize. She sort of doubled down, which is the worst thing you can do. She has released an apology, and unfortunately, this apology is uh, about as PR savvy as it can possibly be. And oh, so it's like Triple H's apology. Oh God, yeah, it, it's very much. So, sorry if anyone was offended. That kind of thing. Let me let me read out the apology. So I've got it here. Over the last week, I have been accused of calling a fellow wrestler a racial slur. To read this allegation has been personally upsetting. To be clear, I absolutely did not use that word. That word is not in my vocabulary. That word is not in my heart. Racism is not in my heart. Yet I know many people have to deal with racism in a way I will never have to. Racism is an awful part of American history, and it is equally awful that it's still part of our society today. While I did not do what was claimed, I stand ready to use my platform to support the fight against racism. However, I can i mean could that have been more written by a pr man yeah yeah that's not that's barely a fucking apology well it's not an apology like, she's outright think... denying it no but that's the thing like because someone said that and then a bunch of people going yeah and, like who would have been there went yeah i was there it happened and like i don't know i'm inclined to agree with the many like i don't see why people would lie on this one like literally like it, it, it's not exactly clout chasing especially in the case of like chelsea green she's in wwe so like she's pretty set she's more and like she was on tess's level in terms of being pushed well not maybe this level but like she's a former women's champion so it's not like these people are like clout chasing it's not like these people are getting anything out of this like if you're gonna lie you'd lie about someone much bigger than tessa blanchard and not being funny it just depends on what um Again, because there's no T-shirts, he said, she said, isn't it? Yeah, but it's more like she said and everyone else said in this, mm. situ- in this situation. So, like, I mean, again, I'm inclined to agree with the many. Has Tessa had anyone come out and sort of stand on her side? Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Her fiancé. <laughs> <laughs> so... Who got who who hate? Absolutely. <laughs> and with good reason. Um, so... What about uh, Ricochet? <laughs> you think her he, ex-boyfriend's going to jump to her defence, do you? He could have came out and says, oh, she's fine. She's all right, guys. Um, to be perfectly honest, <laughs> um, I think the main issue people who are putting these claims down 
had was the timing. Why wait until the night before she's about to make this historic? It's because she put out that tweet saying and should band together and like are not being funny. If you if you have this history of bullying, you should not be putting out tweets like that. It, it was a ballsy I, thing to put out. It's like if Hulk Hogan, it's like if Hulk Hogan shared a Black Lives Matter tweet. You know what I mean? I mean, yeah, but it was yeah. like she's done that before when she's posted stuff with um, on NWA and stuff like that. She's posted stuff like when they did that. Uh, was it Starcast? Nobody came out and said anything then. That's why it just it kind of it's probably not, but it kind of has a bit of a reek of sabotage. I very well. much. I very, very, very much doubt it's sabotage. And honestly, I think people are a bit are grasping at straws if we think it is. Well, no, because it's it, like you say, they could have said that any time, like any time, to every one of our tweets. I think literally any. what happened was one person came out, and then like it always happens, one person comes out, and then more people feel empowered to do so with power in numbers. Again, it's definite. Like it can't. I very much doubt it's sabotage. <laughs> Like that's like Vince Russo level conspiracy theory bullshit. Right? Because well, like I moving past the comments then and moving past the negativity that surrounds this, I just wanted to put something that Dave Meltz has said. Um, and I just wanted to get your opinion on this. As far as pure in-ring talent and intensity, Tessa is the best non-Japanese woman wrestler today. Better than Charlotte, Becky Lynch or Sasha Banks. How do we feel about that? Tony sounds better. Agree. Oh, you agree with Tony sounds better? Good. <laughs> I'm with Garth. I think Tessa is the best Gaijin woman's wrestler. <laughs> Including like Asuka and the other people well, in WWE at the moment. I don't think she's better than Asuka. Asuka Asuka's peak. Like, when it comes to intensity, no one's beating Asuka at Asuka's peak. From what you've seen her at the moment, though, well, or, I don't see her at the moment. Yeah, I don't watch me in general. She That's is the best non-woman Japanese wrestler today, and at the moment, from what Asuka, from whatever Asuka has done on the main roster. She has not lived up to the billing that she had in NXT, and that's not her fault. That's the way WWE have booked her, and that is fine. But no, there not is like not enough evidence to suggest that Asuka is half the wrestler that we know she is. There just, there just isn't, and that's same, the same, unfortunately, for a lot of the women's wrestlers on the main roster. NXT is completely different. You've got a lot of very, very, very good women's wrestlers on NXT, and I would argue that NXT has the best women's division of any company, but, well, any American company. Obviously, Stardom is an entirely women's roster, but you know what I mean. Um, I agree with Garth. I think Tessa has shown time and time and time again that on pure in-ring talent and intensity that Tessa takes some beating. I don't think yeah. that Sasha has done anything in the last oh, four I, years, I five agree. years. Um, like the closest Sasha's gotten was that Hell in a Cell match early in the year, which was, I think I gave an eight. I mean, Becky, much I love Becky, much I love Becky's intensity, much I love Becky's promo game. I'd argue she's one of, well, not one of, she's probably the best promo in WWE at the moment. But Just... in-ring... She is so WWE. She's yeah. bang average in ring. Yeah, I agree. She, as as Garth stated, she is she's WWE. She's WWE mold. Charlotte, two. If this was you know eighteen months ago, even twelve months ago, there's no one touching Charlotte. Charlotte Flair is incredible, but I Best think. Almas. 
<laughs> I think, um, especially over the last six months, um, again, I just you know you look at that match between Charlotte, Becky, Asker, and Kyrie Zane in the main event at TLC. Uh, someone who's I great in ring doesn't attempt to power bomb someone with a concussion. Charlotte's lost a lot of respect from that match to, for me, to be honest. Because like fucking, you power bomb someone with a concussion. <laughs> yeah, I ju- I just wanted to gauge everyone's sort of opinion I, on that. I personally I personally think there's people who are comparable, but not like if someone said Tess is the best, I wouldn't completely argue with them unless it's Garth because it's fun to argue with Garth. <laughs> <laughs> um, so moving on to the main event so to speak, of this podcast. Um, the pre-show NXT- main event. Exactly. is NXT UK TakeOver Blackpool. And we got to Blackpool on Saturday, spend the night in Blackpool doing cool shit, like recording podcasts. And went to a Weatherspoons. Went to a Weatherspoons. To we sang quite loud in that Weatherspoons. Like if we were there for another drink, we'd probably chuck it. We, me and you were singing very, very loud, but I can't remember what we were singing <laughs> to. But. Mostly to annoy Gat. Like, anything that would come on. Like, Rihanna came on. We had some fun. Um, I know Garth was singing along to some Motown. I mean, I think, who, who wouldn't I sing along to some Motown? I love um, that shit. <laughs> I think Avril Lavigne came on at some point. So, yeah, it was nice to catch up with you guys. Obviously, I haven't seen you in a while. I found out that Garth got drunk when he was eight. Never forget that Garth got drunk when he was eight. No, what happened was Garth was like, so one of the youngest you guys have ever been drunk. And Rob was like, <laughs> I was like, well, I was on 15, 16, Rob was 18. And then Garth, obviously asking this question to fucking flex. No, I wasn't. I was actually thinking, maybe I'm not that bad. <laughs> Sorry, you got drunk for the first time at eight years old and thought maybe one of them got pissed at six. <laughs> you know, Chris is Scottish. So. <laughs> <laughs> it was purely by accident. You started the conversation. I mean, the drunkenness. Oh, okay. I thought you meant the conversation. I was like, you very much led and sort of <laughs> steered the conversation that way. Would My you like to? Was, would you was... like to explain to the good listeners at home how you managed to get pissed, age eight? Um. Well, it was Christmas, <laughs> so there's obviously a lot of booze around. Obviously, and it was a rainy finished, Tuesday. Finished our Christmas lunch. <clears throat> and then, you know, you have a bit of wine with your lunch. I didn't because I was only young. Uh, but eight, everyone had left, was eight. Everyone had left the table and I just thought, oh, I think I'll try it. And uh, I just went around and drank all the sort of leftovers of the <laughs> wine. <laughs> and then I uh, sort of went, oh, I feel a bit funny. And I went to my mum and I've got a bit of a bad head and I feel dizzy. She's like, yeah, you're probably drunk because you I've just watched you drink that stuff. Love the fact. Didn't she, stop she her watched, son. Yeah, exactly. She watched you. You didn't mention this. She watched you. She's just like going, <laughs> just, just going to like your grandma or whatever going, this is going to be fucking hilarious. Amazing. Absolutely amazing. Um, I'll have a lie though. Did you turn into like, you remember when in um, Meet the Fockers where the kid has like, a, has like some whiskey and he's going, asshole. Was it like that? I think I just went to sleep. Oh, I passed out. It never ceases to stress me out, Chris, just how crap your selection of film knowledge actually is. I can't believe you went for Meet the Fockers. It's a a good movie. Is it, though? I mean, I watched it when I was 10, so I thought it was hilarious. Oh, yeah, we we all go through a phase where we think Ben Stiller films are hilarious, then we realise that they're just so not. Isn't Zoolander meant to be really good? Zoolander is bang average. (laughs) 
I'll be perfectly honest. I've, yeah, I, I've, I've mostly only seen Zoolander through like clips and gifts where he's going, isn't it hard to be so incredibly good looking? And I relate to that. But To be honest, Chris, there was a point where you were sweeping your long your long shaggy hair out of your eyes and I did just look at you and just it was almost like you were shaking your hair in slow motion. You know how really attractive women do it? And just like mm-hmm. shake the hair out of their eyes in a really slow motion. You've got like music playing. It looks like shit in Blackpool because um, I didn't have time to brush my hair until like right before takeover on the first day. Yeah, that was definitely the we... reason. Fuck off. Um, <laughs> and then like I'd done my hair for, oh, I le- for leaving from home, but then I had like a fucking seven hours in the car thanks to the traffic. So like my. My hair just looks shit all weekend, so I kind of feel bad now. Oh, well. I think you looked dashing. Oh, like Cody Rhodes. Exactly. So, Garth, what was your favourite bit of Blackpool, apart from going back to your eight-year-old roots and drinking wine? Apart from getting drunk and doing the... Oh, fuck it. The watch-along. Um, probably the watch-along and then NXT. <laughs> I mean, having listened, but I mean, Garth is referring to our Royal Rumble 1995 watch along where we basically put on the show, ask you to do the same, and then we talk really loudly and drunkenly over the top of it. And to be honest, it's probably the best two and a half hours content we've ever put out, which is worrying. Um, but yeah, it, it was good fun. Ended up, didn't we end up having like a two minute conversation about the paperwork refs would have to do? Yes. Yes, we did, amongst other absolutely riveting podcasting topics. We also tried Buckfast for the first time, which is the spunk of Satan. To be fair, uh, that, that, there's still half a bottle of Bucky in the fridge now. And hopefully it will stay there forever, because no, honestly, it's, it's disgusting, people. It's it's quite, it's like bad wine, um, but it's it's bad, because it would be like 10pm, I'm like, oh, I want a drink. Go downstairs, see if I have any beer left. But now it's just Bucky. I'm like, Bucky will just wake me up. So... <laughs> Oh, God. Sorry, I'm drinking cheap cider. Um, and I've just knocked it everywhere. Oh, for fuck's sake. Right. Ah, oh, fuck, I've done it again. My God. What's wrong what with me? What cheap cider are you drinking? I am drinking Alska. Not Aska. Alska. 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 Um, does, does fucking Borger make that? Uh, <laughs> Ludwig Borger, the legend yeah. that is. Um, Chris, what was your favourite moment in Blackpool? Um, the Stardom cast was fun. The Stardom cast was fun. The Stardom cast was fun. Me and Chris have decided that we are going to do a Stardom podcast as well. You can find it on the website and all good podcasting sites. It's it's quite funny because <laughs> um, we were just, like when for Garth to arrive, it's like okay, I'll quickly add a, a song onto this. What's the best Stardom song? And like look up Hannah Kamara's, and then you would just jam into it the rest of the weekend. <laughs> Knife Party, Internet Friends. It is single-handedly the best, most banging, most terrifying song out there on Spotify. Seriously, you check del- it out. You deleted me on Facebook, and now you're going to die. Exactly. That's um, the sort of shit that we're talking about here. Um, um, honestly, just hanging out with you guys is probably more... Like, during Blackpool, like me and you antagonizing Garth with a, with a chance. <laughs> Which we'll get more into as we go along, but like Garth was just there going, I hate modern wrestling. <laughs> Garth, oh, I hate modern wrestling. Marks. There was there was points where Garth had never felt so much like our dad. We, it was we, it was we, incredible. To be fair, there was points because I had my beanie and my glasses on. To be fair, this incredible how much those glasses age me is hilarious. But um, 
with some point with my beanie and my glasses on, I, if someone if I went to someone, hey, I'm Garth, I'm that guy's son, people probably would question it. <laughs> um, shall we start looking at NXT UK Takeover then? Yeah. First of all, can we just say our seats were a bit shit, so we ended up starting a trend of standing down beside them, and everyone joined us. We did. Um, I want to also just preface our entire um, NXT UK Takeover with a little bit of a tidbit. Um, I went to the toilet. That's not the tidbit. And I came back to find a very, very excited Garth telling me that Jeremy Borash had just walked past. He was so super excited that he'd just seen Jeremy Borash. Wait, 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 wait. Later on in the card, then, Triple H walked past us. Literally, we could smell the man. And you could see his testicle head. It was brilliant. So I'm marking out at this point, going, oh my god, it's Triple H, Goth, it's Triple H, Goth, who did not bat an eyelid and just went, oh, all right. The guy who just marked out massively for Jeremy fucking Borash ignores the game as he walks past. Twice. I heard and I saw like these really big dudes walking past. I'm like, oh, is someone doing a run in? But no, it's Triple H going past. I'm like, Rob, Rob, Triple H, Triple H, Triple H. You're like, and like we were both marking out, and it's just when gaffes is like, honestly, like it's like if my dad, like my actual dad, had seen Triple H go past, and he's just sort of like, yeah, it's a, it's a bald guy. <laughs> to be fair, I didn't really see him, and I only saw him just as he was going into the curtain. Yeah, and then they somehow got him back without like anyone noticing. Oh no, I saw him. I think you'd gone to the toilet. Um, he, oh, he yeah, came back. It was actually quite hilarious. Like the one, like the one bathroom break I took during the show, I sprinted and I got there just before there was like a queue going out of the. And you know, like when you go on the motorway, and <laughs> you see a massive, um, <laughs> a massive um, pileup or a massive queue. And then, like five minutes later, you're just you're going past just before the queue, and you're just going past, going, "Ha ha, you're fucked." <laughs> <laughs> that sadistic sort of uh, sort of yeah, start. Yeah, sort of like, ah, good, you're going to be trapped in traffic. So we'll start then with um, the pre-show. So we're talking obviously about uh, the January 12th show, 2020, from the Empress Ballroom in Blackpool. Seriously, absolutely gorgeous venue. Uh, it is as good as it looks on TV. Smells a bit worse. Smells a little bit like fish and bo, which is yeah. just that's just what that's just what. Uh, <laughs> no, honestly, the worst smell I've ever had was when I went to a Ring of Honor show, and it's so obvious half the people there have never washed in their life. Just smelt of disappointment and no, yeah, yeah, it smelled like disappointment and virginity. <laughs> um, so we got there. The show started, we had the pre-show. Um, the pre-show matches. Now let me try and get this right. The first pre-show. Oh, pardon me, was A-Kid versus Joseph Connors. And yeah. me and you never looked more disappointed from when Joseph Connors came out. Yeah, you look at the roster that you've got and fucking Who Joseph Connors the- comes out. There were, like, so many, like, even, like, great women's wrestlers were like, you have Ginny, Isla Dawn, what have you, some great tag teams for one. Actually, no, I think I have a good tag team from there. But, like, so many. Joseph Connors. <laughs> it was a little bit disappointed, but the match was decent. Um, yeah. A-Kid got... Very good reception, and like I've said before, I think it's probably Joseph Connors' best match that I've seen anyway. Um, I don't know how much of an impact he's having on NXT UK TV, but by the sounds of it, not um, a lot of people are having much impact on NXT UK TV at the moment. When I went to a when I went to the tapings um, during his match with Travis Banks, people started chanting cheesy pasta because we were bored. 
We're such marks, aren't we, in England? We really are marks. Um, and that was followed by the bomber Dave Mastiff taking on the wrestler Cassius Ono. And again, really good match. Cassius Ono is fucking charisma oozing. It really is. And I'm, it's such a shame for me that Cassius Ono isn't used more and to a high. I mean, when he first re-signed with NXT, he could have been massive when said he was a gatekeeper and he's just sort of fallen down. Into, a, so, into obscurity, he a, really. He, he had a match um progress recently with Timothy Thatcher, and it was great. And, like, the fact that he's, if you... he's gotten around in, like, a fucking King of the Cruiserweights level shit shirt. It just says wrestling hero, uh, wrestling um genius, Cassis Ono. But the thing is, it's such a good heel move to have some a shirt like that. I'd be surprised if you do more, like, sort of training backstage stuff. Yeah, maybe. Maybe. I mean, he is a big bloke. You don't quite understand just how much weight he's put on until you see him live. But good God, he made Dave Mastiff look small. Um, He made Dave Mastiff look short, not small. He did. I'm sorry. Uh, He really did. He was he's a big youth. He is a big, big youth. To be fair, like. We did mark out when he heard his music. I really did. I really it did. So, it's so fucking good. Just like, oh no, I did, oh no, oh no. Just amazing. I did, I did get a laugh from the crowd when he got took a bump and I just shouted, oh no. You did. You did get a mini laugh, which was probably your favourite moment of the show, wasn't it, I imagine? <laughs> it was. No, yeah, because someone like showed me appreciation and that, <laughs> never, that never happened. <laughs> Vindicate me. Um, <laughs> Vindication! We started the main show then, and we opened with a singles match with Eddie Dennis defeating Trent Seven. Um, enormous reception for Trent. I think it was the right way to go opening the show with a member of Mustache Mountain. Astronomical pot for him. The man, again, similar to Cassius Ono. This man's charisma is phenomenal. You know, it doesn't really matter how... Exactly, but it doesn't really matter how, you know, what he's like in ring. He is good in ring, but fucking hell. What a charismatic bloke, Garth. I just have one thing to say. Go Outside, on. Outside, Razor's Edge. Holy shit. Oh, my <laughs> God. Oh, my right. God. Because, essentially, okay, so, like, this is at the end of the match, but it's the only, like, with the exception of um, Trent Seven stealing every Japanese move under the sun, um, it's your, <laughs> so, like, um, Dave, um, of course, Eddie Dennis has the Razor's Edge into the, um, Posted as finisher, he called it the seven bridge. Quite ironic. But um, he took the buckle off, and the ref was like, no, no, no. And when he's, he somehow shrugged his shoulders while having someone up for a razor's edge, was like, all right, just throws him out the fucking ring. Not only does he throw him out of the ring, he throws him onto a member of the ringside crew. And even if that man was a plant, which he absolutely was, um, there's no way that that bump was safe. There's just... I mean, have either of no. you two watched this show back? Yeah, I have. I have. Yeah, I've watched some of it. And you watch that spot, and I'm sorry, there's no way that spot was safe. Um, no, absolutely no way. And there was another moment, actually, and we couldn't quite see from where we were, but watching it back, um, Trent Seven goes for a suicide dive, um, knocks Eddie Dennis, but they collide with a member of the Empress Ballroom staff, not WWE staff, the Empress Ballroom staff, and he had to be led out um, with holding his head. So what kind of damage was done to him, I don't know, but they connected really hard with him. And when we were there, 
all these matches automatically get an extra star, star and a half from being there because you're there in the chance, you're there for the atmosphere. And to be honest, at one moment, as Chris already stated, um, Eddie Dennis started taking the top turnbuckle, uh, stop, starts, bleh, sorry, started taking the top turnbuckle off, and the referee wasn't seeing it, so the crowd started chanting VAR, which was <laughs> amazing. That um, was. Probably one of the best chants of the night. Apart from people were doing a Celtic chant during the Joe Coffey match. Yes, which was also outstanding. Um, but, you know, being part of that crowd, you automatically, it sort of covers up any flaws in any of the matches. And though this match was a good opener, it was really, really fun, entertaining. There were spots that didn't really, it was, I don't want to say a spot fest, it wasn't a spot fest. It just, it seemed to be they tried to cram as much as they could into the time they were given. And at times it just seemed a little bit clunky. I didn't think Eddie Dennis came across that well, to be perfect. I, d- I don't know whether it's because he's in with Trent Seven, who is possibly the most charismatic worker on that roster. But I just I didn't buy Eddie him at all. A, I would vouch for Eddie Dennis. He can do a lot better um, in terms of standing out. Like Again, he's current progress champion. He's probably the highlight because he's just going around going, um, cutting promos and people, and it's hilarious. Like he was champion for two months before defending it. It was amazing. Garth, what's your opinion on Eddie Dennis? I enjoyed the match. I thought, to be honest, I thought he was alright. I thought it was a decent match. Um, considering I haven't seen anything ever before by him. Yeah, have you? He was you he was, was there Blackpool last year. <laughs> him versus Mastiff last year. Was that? Was that him? Yeah. Was it? All right. Um, <laughs> Clearly made a lasting impression on you, mate. Um, I, I enjoyed it. I thought he was good. To be fair, I thought being able to get Trent Seven up like that for fucking Razor's Edge showed he's quite a powerful dude even though he doesn't look it you know what I mean no yeah, I agree. he's quite lanky isn't he yeah but I, I enjoyed it I thought it was decent good opener. Eddie Dennis is like if Rob was stretched <laughs> what <laughs> do you just think of the tallest person you knew you're not the tallest person I know I know someone who's six foot seven alright put your dick away Chris Jesus no yeah, need for that someone... at all I'm sorry, are you, are you not comfortable that you're no longer the foot? In your head, did you think you were the tallest person I knew? I've got the biggest cock. Hey! <laughs> um, nah, from, judging from Blackpool, Garth is bigger. But, um, <laughs> what did we think of star ratings this match, then? I'd give it a seven, just for the pun alone. Um, I'm inclined to agree, Garth. Yeah, I'll go with that. A, tr- a Trent seven out of ten. Um... Dave Meltzer, of course, has released his ratings for NXT UK TakeOver Blackpool 2020. And these, of course, will be taken with a little bit of a pinch of salt. I just wanted to get your reactions to this. So the re- the star rating that Meltzer has given this was a two and a half star out of five. So roughly that equates to a five star Podmania rating. I saw I saw Meltzer's um, ratings. I know you're just doing this so you can get the most of your Observer subscription. But um, <laughs> um, I thought it was a bit harsh on this show, to be honest. Um, there was, I, yeah, I know. Like, I, I haven't read the reviews, so I don't know his full opinion. Maybe I'd read them and go, "Yeah, fair enough." It justifies it, but like, he seemed a bit harsh on this, just in terms of pure ratings. Um, I've watched a, co- I've read a couple of reviews of this show, and. The vast majority of reviews are quite unfavourable, with one exception, which we'll get into in a minute. Um, I honestly think that might literally just be because people were expecting Walter versus Bate again. 
Well, we'll get into that in the main event because that does seem to be something that rubs quite a lot of the internet wrestling community up the wrong way, but we'll get that get to that in a moment. Uh, this was followed then by the women's triple threat for the NXT UK Women's Championship. Uh, this was obviously between Kaylee Ray, the champion, uh, Tony Storm and Piper Niven with Kaylee Ray um, retaining her championship. Um, massive, massive pop for both Tony and Piper Niven here. And I think Piper Niven was probably the most over in this match. We This is your first time seeing Viper, wasn't it? It was, yes. I was like, he 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 just turned to me during an and gone, first time I've ever seen her. I was like, what the fuck? How? <laughs> She's like one of the, like the biggest women on the indie scene. Not the first time I've seen her. Yeah, see, fucking, how are you less indie than Gaff? Because she was on um, a trial. TN- oh, she was TNA. on fucking TNA boot camp, wasn't she? <laughs> Poor <laughs> thing. Fucking hell. Oh, yeah. No. See, but there's a surprising amount of like future stars on that TNA boot camp. Like fucking, well, not she's not a star, but like Lana Austin turned up and shot the bed because Lana Austin is shit. But um, I've been holding that in for a while now. I never get a chance to shit on Lana Austin. But um, when would you ever get a chance to shit on Lana Austin on this podcast? Like the one, the, maybe one day if you if we review the progress show. I don't know <laughs> exactly. So I've been holding it in for a while. So yeah. Lana Ross in your shit. Um, yeah, but yeah, Piper was really over in this match. Um, for me, um, Niven was great. Uh, I thought she was, you know, her cannonballs uh, were great. The one into the ring steps, look, particularly fucking savage. Um, but, and even despite Tony Storm being the star that she is and, you know, what she will go on to be, my, I thought Kaylee Ray was fucking great. In she's this match, such a heel. She, she's such a good heel. She plays a heel so so well, and like, right down to like her face, she su- has such a cocky face. Like um, when the match started, and she was just holding the belt between the two challengers, just staring daggers through her, and like she's just there, like, "Sup, guys." It, it was just, it was great. It was great, and I thought you know her real arrogance was shown throughout the match, where she repeatedly tried to do you know that weird sort of standing and swaying sort of thing she does when she comes out onto the onto the uh, onto the entrance ramp. Um, superhero pose, yeah. Yeah. And constantly being sort of beaten up by Tony Storm. I thought Tony Storm did a brilliant job character work wise about how the NXT UK women's championship is her championship. She's lost without it. She needs to win at all costs. Um even if that means smashing into Pipe and Niven. I thought that was <laughs> great. Um Kaylee Ray's sent on bomb is fucking great. Um I thought it's the best one, Tom, than Jeff Hardy nowadays. Um, hmm. Well, nowadays, I said, not like Jeff, not peak Jeff Hardy. Oh, okay. Nowadays, yeah, yeah, I'd agree. Um, breaking up the pinfall using that looks fucking horrible. Um, um, Viper hitting a Canadian destroyer. Very impressive. Um, I love that uh, when um, Tony Storm sort of tiger bombed um, Keely Ray on top of Piper Niven. That was amazing. <laughs> Just lying on a. It was it was a really really good match, and that's why I'm really disappointed with the finish. Really, I didn't mind the finish. I uh, thought, uh, like I I saw Brian Alvarez talking about it, and he pointed out how it's like the same as every triple threat finish you see on main roster. But I don't watch main roster, and like nothing I watch has triple threats. Okay, so like, okay, I understand that. Before I say why I didn't like it, Garth, what did you think? 
I thought it was alright. I thought it was a bit predictable, and you kind of saw it coming. Uh, the fact that it was sort of waiting there to do what you did. I thought it was a bit soft, the finish, but it's nothing I didn't sort of see coming. I wasn't really surprised by it. Right. Chris? I, I I didn't mind the finish. Honestly, the finish didn't affect my mood for the overall match, to be honest, because like, this match was basically created to protect all three women and it did that all three women are still extremely credible um like piper got beat because two people beat her essentially and then tony storm got the victory stolen from her both create potential for rematches and it didn't make this match feel underwhelming because of the setup for rematches so i'm completely fine with it i don't know i i turned to you chris at the end of the match and just went i called it and I called it down to the exact spot that Storm or Niven would be on the verge of winning and Ray would steal the pin. And even though that's sort of playing to her arrogant heel character, and I understand that, I just felt a bit flat afterwards. I thought it was a great match. I thought especially Tony and Kaylee Ray were fantastic in ring. I loved Piper Niven. It's, like I say, it's the first time I've seen her. I think the more she works, the you know, the more of a champion caliber she's going to be. I don't think she's quite there yet, or it didn't feel it to me anyway. She's the biggest thing in ICW, but like, that's a much smaller um, thing. Her promos aren't quite there. Um, No, the the high package sort of highlighted that. She also sometimes has a problem with like weekly storytelling, which I feel this will help. Because like, for example, um, she was going to fight Kaylee Ray at Fibber Nothing. And well, going well, she did, and it was in like a Queen of Insanity match, which is essentially a death match. And she pulled out the Canadian Destroyer on Kaylee Ray on the road to like on the weekly shows. I'm like, that's a bad idea. <laughs> like, pull that out on in the match, surely. Like, she had she has a problem with that. I think that mostly comes from inexperience, but like, she has some she has some great matches under her belt, and like, she's mostly worked in either ICW or Stardom where like she doesn't overly need good promo games so like this will help her with the sink or swim aspect but like Paul Gilbert she got cerebral palsy recently yeah not cerebral palsy no um, Bell's palsy Bell's palsy yeah Um, Yeah. and that shouldn't be underestimated it's horrendous Um, I don't know she just didn't she was great and I'm not shitting on her at all I want to make that very very clear I just thought that Storm and Kaylee Ray were on one well, level and Niven was just slightly underneath that. Honestly, that's going to be like, that's mostly down to size if we're being, like, in terms of work rate, that's naturally going to happen. Um, I don't think you can put it solely down to size. I mean, look at, for example, Walter. Yeah, but like, Walter doesn't have insane work rate, does he? Like, but, like... No, but he accents his, his strengths. He hides his weaknesses. And I think I Niven well, maybe yeah, needs yeah, to like learn how to do that. A lot of her moves are based on running and shit. So, yeah, maybe you're right there, yeah. Um, again, I, I'm stuck between a 7 and an 8 for this I for this it. match. I give her an 8 for the Canadian Destroyer alone, to be honest. <laughs> you're such a mark. <laughs> you're such a gift junkie. Um, Garth, what about you, man? I did enjoy it. Um, fuck it, I'll give it an 8, yeah. Fair enough. It looks like I'm giving it an eight um, because we are a democracy we've, here on Podmania. We've given worse matches eight. I mean, 
by that very definition alone, we shouldn't have done. But <laughs> that's 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 reasonable, I suppose. Um, we then moved on to what? Oh, by the way, sorry, the Dave Meltzer rating for this. Um, Dave Meltzer gave it three and a quarter. So not a million miles from away from where we gave it, but yeah, perhaps well, we a touch gave it a low. Lower and he gave it a high six. So. Yeah, I mean, take the average, basically. Um, we then moved on, like I say, to what was a match that drew t- uh, Triple H from backstage to a high seat right above the ring with William Regal. Um, only match he watched up there. Only match he watched, and he spent the entire match either filming it or really, really engaged in the match. And this, of course, Should was be- Tyler Bate defeating Jordan Devlin. In a single match. Maybe had one of those. Um, you know how, like a few years ago, Noah would give people um, cheap tickets if he only came in for the main events. Maybe mm-hmm. it was. Maybe he had one of those tickets. <laughs> maybe he's only he got a ticket to his own show. <laughs> um, what a phenomenal match! Bates is the most over thing in NXT UK. His pop was incredible, and just the man. He owns the ring, and I think. Anything that he's done is just amazing. I, I can't remember who I say it to. I can't remember if it was you or Chris or Garth. And I said he could be the next big thing. If he was to go onto the main roster, you could build a company around bait. I think it was you, Chris, because you said, yeah, but he's quite small, didn't you? Yeah, no, that's been for main roster, I can see that be, um, his height being an issue. I just, I, even if it's NXT, just imagine a match between him and Adam Cole. A match between him and Gaga. Well, that's kind of happening. Mustache Mountain are taking on um, DIY Worlds Collide. Which is going to be an absolutely sensational show. Why the fuck am I Why the fuck am I looking forward to Worlds Collide? I know. Nobody knows why they're looking forward to it. I was thinking the exact same thing. Um, but shout out to Devlin. Fuck me. Right. We said this going in. Um, me and you. Where this match, given time, could be the best match on the card. And it was given time and it was um i find that interesting because like you've mostly seen dabbling from our uk reviews haven't you yes that's exactly what i've done yes because i've seen dabbling have matches as weird as it sounds better than this so like i knew last thing is i'm surprised someone sees star power from the uk because whenever i see devil on the uk they're like why aren't you doing anything with this man um, I felt sorry for him because the shit um, Finn Balor chance came back, which just isn't fair. It's just going to come every time, isn't it? Like, he's from Ireland and looks vaguely like Finn Balor. I mean, they embraced it on the Blackpool 1 show where they simply just put him against Adam. Finn Balor. Yeah, exactly. The thing is, he's so much smaller than Finn Balor. I think they just put them in the ring to show that they weren't the same person. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah so, well, have you ever seen Balor and um, Davlin in the same... Because to be fair, Devlin even sounds a bit like Davids. So. Do you know what, though? You've, you know that Spider-Man meme where it's just two Spider-Men yeah, pointing at each other? Each other yeah. That is yeah. Devlin and Finn Balor. <laughs> oh, it's such a... But yeah, like, um, Devlin is one of my superstars of the year last year from his OTT in progress stuff. Like, um, have you seen his match with Tony Starr yet? No. To- Tony Starr? David Starr? Well, he's had, he had two last year. But to be fair, as I'm such a fucking hipster. I prefer the one that nobody was talking about. <laughs> Oh my god, fuck off. <laughs> but that's not because Meltzer gave the one at the 
um, at Scrappermania, I think it was five stars, but I prefer the one at the anniversary show. It felt more like emotionally charged because it was like in the middle of a hot fuse. And then I also prefer their progress one because I care more about progress, blah, blah, blah. Long story short, Davlin's amazing. And I was so excited seeing him against Bane. Yeah, he was he was quality. Um, Garth, opinion on this match? This is my favourite match of the night. I think uh, it's all our favourite matches. I think it's everyone's favourite. Like, if someone said this isn't my favourite match of the night, they're lying. It was... Um, I loved how they scouted each other's moves throughout the match. And every time um, Bit went for the sort of look over here... The bop, they call it bop and bang. Well, he scouted it every time. Yeah, it and, was amazing. And every time it got it, ooh. Um, <laughs> or... I like just the fact that the fucking both of them are so young and so fucking good that and Triple H clearly and I don't think it's just Tyler Bates. Obviously Bates is absolute fucking boy, but I think Devlin didn't do himself fucking like any wrongs here, and I think those two could easily well actually now that's a fucking curse now, isn't it? Getting promoted to the fucking main thing. Yeah, exactly. It's, um, it's I loved how. I loved how they the basically lost, the left everything in the ring. They were both totally spent, where they were going blow for blow. Um, it just it was just such a like compelling match that even if I was bursting for a piss, I, did, I didn't want anything. I, t- I turned to Rob during this and went, "Imagine if this was the title match, because like honestly, if this is a title match. It could have been ten. Oh, it's easily a main event match. If this had more stakes, it would be higher. But the problem is, it was basically just." Bate versus Devlin. To be like, Devlin probably has the best punches in UK, in NXT UK. Just, was, he played the heel role perfectly. Yeah. Um, there's a there's a point in this match where they're just boxing. Yeah. They're literally great. just boxing, and it was great. And then they did the sort of top rope Spanish fly. Yeah, like um, very quick um, on commentary where Nigel McGuinness is shouting, "It's Brian Takayama." I love how like McGuinness just pulls out Japanese shit. No one's ever. Heard. Like not no, but like the standard audience aren't gonna know. Going back to that Spanish fly spot from the top row. Well, two. Oh, top row. Yeah. Um, one thing that I have as a massive, massive issue with that normally is the massively contrived way that people get into that position. Yeah. You know, you've got to have one person making sure they move their foot, and then you've got another person moving one other foot, and blah blah blah. And it looks very contrived, and you know, beautiful as it looks, it's still you're like, well, why don't you just move this one? You can actually see, and especially from where we were, because we were, you know, directly in front of where this was happening, you can actually see Bate and Devlin wrestling with each other to get into that position. And you can actually see Devlin staring daggers into Bate's face and just literally just have jealousy and hatred in what he was doing. And then that was before the Spanish fly, but it was just the fact that they weren't doing moves for the sake of doing moves. There wasn't a tope because it popped the crowd. There wasn't a corkscrew because it popped the crowd. You know, it did. You know, even, you know, the airplane spin. He didn't do, you know, bait was past the point of doing, you know, the down, 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 up, 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 up for the pop. He was trying to beat Devlin. And I think that was important as well. Devlin brought bait to a different level. He wasn't just, you know, smiley, wavy, you know, whatever, Tyler Bate. He was trying to beat Devlin. I thought that was important. Was no, there was no showing off in this match. Other than, well, Devlin did a couple of times just to wind the crowd up, but 
there was no Tyler Bate waving or there's no taking your eyes off the, the match. No. It was just basically get in there full intensity and then when sort of Tyler Bate got the the win, the crowd went absolutely fucking mental. That's that's something they wouldn't like deliberately go into a place, they would just do the best move for the placement where they were. So for exactly. example when Bate did his um the seven twenty DDT. Um, he did that because he had naturally rolled to the ropes after a big move, got up, and it's like, well, what the fuck else am I going to do? Boom, it was boom. as if they were allowed to call it in the ring. <laughs> as crazy as that sounds. Right, you fucking are old you, man, calm down. Are you um, telling me that this wasn't scripted, Garth? Meticulously, by a producer? I had that feeling. Wow. Oh, my God. This felt, this felt like a big progress match, and which, to be fair, progress producers do in the UK, so that makes sense. Um, this had a similar feeling to like the um, I bring it up all the fucking time, but Ilya Dragunov match with Devlin from the Progress Show I went to, um, because of like how all the moves were like sub- them subverting their um, big spots. For example, the fake clothesline where he like jumps off the rope and that went into a Spanish fly. Yeah, that was oh that was an amazing spot. No, I agree with that. It was incredible. Um. The entire match was great. And, you know, this match went 22 minutes and 22 seconds. And the, it flew back. Yeah, it didn't I was, I was feel like that though. length. I would happily have this be another 10 minutes. I'm not even joking. I wish, in retrospect, that this had been the main event. I really do wish because... No, again, I turn to you and it's like, imagine this is the title match. Exactly. And my question to you, or it will be when we get to the main event, is why the fuck is that not the title match? Just think about what Bate versus Devlin will be. And I'll, I'll get to what I mean by that when we actually get to that. Um, there was an enormous pop when Bate got the win, like Garth said, and he stood in ring for absolutely ages, just getting the adulation of the crowd. You've got Triple H blowing... Oh, no, Tyler Bate blew a kiss to Triple H, and Triple H is pointing at him and clapping, and Regal's clapping and putting his thumb up. <laughs> it's like a triple, proud dad, tri- isn't it? Yeah, it is. If Triple H could, Triple H would have went no homo. <laughs> I'll be honest. It was a basically a big wank off. It was it was brilliant. Yeah, it was basically getting Bay over as the biggest baby face in UK, which he be, is. To be fair, I can because um, of where storylines are heading, I can see a Bait versus Dragonoff match in the future, which has me so excited. So, I mean, I'm giving this ten. I gave this ten too. It's funny because um, after the match, I think Gaff ran to the bathroom. And then, like, me and you were talking afterwards, and we were like, 10. It was like, yeah, definitely 10. That was fucking amazing. Um, Garth comes back, and we go, 10. And he's like, really? <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. Go on, Garth. What are you giving it, man? I'll give it a 10 as well. Yeah. It was... <laughs> I was really expecting Garth to go, uh, it's... if, it was a... if this was in the sportatorium, this would be a 10. But... <laughs> amazing. Um, we move then to the semi-main event, which was the four-way ladder match for the WWE NXT UK Tag Team Championships with the champions Gallus, represented by Mark Coffey and Wolfgang, retaining, defeating the Grizzled Young Veterans, Imperium, which was represented by Phoebe Niner and Marcel Bartel, and South Wales Subculture, worst name ever, was represented by Flash Morgan Webster and Mark Andrews in 25 minutes dead. Um, highlight of this when Andrews came out I mean you and Garth never hated us more Garth has a massive massive issue with Junior and I don't understand why he's got an issue with Grammy <laughs> Grammy award winning pop punk legends pioneers 
Junior. Um, Garth, would you like to explain why you've got such an issue with this band? Because the music's wank. I mean, it is wank. He's but not me wrong. Rob, me and Rob bonded over how bad it was during when we were doing NXT UK reviews. We really like, did. Every week, every week it was like, can Mark Andrews use a different song? Can Joseph Connors fuck off? I love Candy Floss. And there was this that. That's basically if you wanted to sum up the NXT UK reviews, it's that. But yeah, but to be fair, it's fun when you're in the crowd. <laughs> It is, especially, and it's fun when everyone's doing with, the hand wave and things. Yeah, and especially when you have someone next to, next to us essentially folding his arms, going, no. <laughs> You've never been so... Again, it was just such a dad moment, such a dad disappointed with his two and sons because, being idiots. And, be, and because we were standing on the side, we were, like, doing the walk and everything. It was amazing. It was. It, was, it really was. It was such good fun. Uh, just to um, piss Garth off. Just go for everyone. Um, GYV. Um, Gibson still the best heel in UK without doing anything without doing anything people just hate him to be like, did he see the promo we cut on NXT no <laughs> so he was it was Squids of Young Veterans versus Time Splitters and he I didn't I, I haven't seen I don't know what happened in the match I just saw this promo because of course I did and he was just like Alex Shelley welcome back but I'm gonna shut this crowd up pretending to know who you are <laughs> <laughs> It was like, look at the hipster full-scale proud pretending to know who Alex Shelley is. Amazing. He's just, he's like, quality. They don't, don't script. I think he's literally the only person in the company who gets away with not having his promo scripted. That's because he could just come out and stand there and they boo him. Um, He's been doing a Like, he's been turning... He, he's just been antagonizing Jim Smallman recently because like, he's like, no wonder Jim's leaving. Looking at all these Brit Res fans. It's amazing. He's so good. And whenever James Drake gets a mic, he can't talk over the crowd, so Gibson just snatches it back off him. Me and Rob did just crack what Gallus is in this match, and it's just big men who run into things. Oh, yeah. Uh, Yeah. That's good. They were like like bulldozers. I mean, that's the best way (laughs) I can describe them. They just ran into things. Ladders, people, didn't really matter. Anything that got in their way, they just threw themselves into. Oh, the Scotland chant in this match, which was amazing. Yeah, which you tried in vain to join in with. You you tried quite a few times to get a Scotland chant going, hadn't you? Yeah, yeah. like at the last one I tried and it didn't work. But there's more Scottish people. And there's a Scottish person near us going, oh, another Scottish person. I heard this other guy sh- chanting Scotland. I'm like, I didn't want to talk to not, as to not shatter his. <laughs> Illusion. <laughs> Yeah, like, I talk, and it's like, you're not Scottish. I'm like, I am Scottish. Look, here's my license. It says Scotland on it. <laughs> um, Garth, what did you think of this match? I enjoyed it. It was just a lot of fun. It's just, um, just a lot of nice, like, as you would expect, some crazy high spots. And like you say, the, like, Gallus just fucking running through metal steps and shit. Um I love the um, again the, the Spanish flight off the top of the ladder through the fucking table. Uh, by was it Webster who did that one? Just fucking ridiculous. I think it was. I think it was both of them. I think what had happened yeah. was they'd both put. Um, I can't remember if it was a member of Imperium was, or a member Gallus. of it was Gallus. It, it was like a member of Gallus on each side, and then when Mark Coffey was put on the table, the table just broke. So oh, yeah. <laughs> they both decided to do it off one side of the ladder and go through Wolfgang. 
Um, it was like everybody, everybody got stuff in and nobody got lost in the match. Oh, Imperium, um, like they all managed to keep their um, styles in a lot of match. Aye. Which is back like people often need to like abandon their regular styles in a ladder match, but here like Imperium wrestled like Imperium, Gallus wrestled like uh, wrestled like Gallus, GYV was still GYV to the point where Drake tried to do the fucking Gritty Teeth drop kick and just ended up landing on a ladder, <laughs> and he shoved the almost shoved the ladder up um, Andrew's ass. Yes, he did. <laughs> At one point. Yes, he did. Um, <laughs> the we, bit where um, Andrews went absolutely mental with a kendo stick. I was well. just going to say, to the point where he absolutely <laughs> obliterated this thing. Yeah, It's like he was, to be fair, the sound of a drumstick is better than the drum sound that they get from Junior. But, um... <laughs> no, this match, uh, controversial, but I think this match is better than the ladder match uh, um, Takeover 25. Um, the, um, that's one of the Street Profits one I disagree really? yeah like, the only good thing about that match was for some reason Kyle O'Reilly got a, a disgusting amount of punishment I don't know I I really but enjoyed this match on go on Garth <laughs> um, I put the memories on a par they, they were slightly different in the I mean this one was a lot more sort of smash mouth and a bit crazy uh, I mean the a fucking ladder got snapped in half at one point um, <laughs> oh yeah both gang speeds one of the members of Imperium through a ladder yeah. um, I think uh, when you've got Gallus winning it I think shocked a lot of people it didn't shock me I clean sweeped with some predictions <laughs> I think when you've got four teams in a ladder match it's it's a completely different dynamic obviously because you've got to do your spot and then get out whereas when you've got a match like the undisputed era versus the street profits um no i don't i don't mean that and i meant like for, for four way ladder match they had where the street profits won oh that one right i see yeah. what you mean um I don't know. honestly this one wins by just not having the, the forgotten sons in it the forgotten sons aren't bad it's jackson Riker that's bad yeah, but Jackson Riker was in it for some reason. Yeah, I know. No, he was. He mean, was present. Do you mean and, Gunner? Uh, oh, shut up, Garth! And, Wes, <laughs> and, Wes, and Wesley Blake isn't attractive anymore, and I don't know what happened. Oh, I forgot about your weird man crush on Wesley Blake. <laughs> it's not weird, mate. It is weird. He used to be. Twenty fifteen, Wesley Blake was a very attractive man. He was a very handsome young man, Rob. Guys who are listening to this podcast, who have managed to, you know, managed to wade through the bullshit they've been talking about, please Google 2015 Wesley Blake and comment down below and tell us just how attractive you find that man and if Chris I is mean, an like, idiot. Modern day um, Buddy Murphy is more attractive than 2015 Wesley Blake, but like 2015 Wesley Blake is more attractive than 2015 Buddy Murphy. Following that, Garth? <laughs> um, nope. Basically, Buddy Murphy has a, had a great glow up. Anyway, um, my favourite <laughs> bit of this, this entire match, wasn't a high spot, um, which you know, are obviously fantastic. But my favourite bit of this was they'd all set up ladders in the middle of the ring, and on all these ladders were people stood and obviously punching each other and whatever, and. Flash Morgan Webster had got into the ring with this ladder and realised that there wasn't enough room to put them on either side. So instead, he put it on the side with Zach Gibson on it and just 
leant the ladder against Zach Gibson and climbed up it with Zach Gibson sort of going mental underneath the ladder stuck between his own ladder, which he'd been climbing, and the ladder that Flash Morgan Webster was on. That That was great. And it got a really, really big spot. A really big pop, sorry. It was great. Yeah, that's the thing, because this is more clever than, like, a lot of big American tag matches, because that's how, like, British wrestlers think. They're more... They think more about the spots. Like, we were talking about the devil in bait match, but normally, like, especially in America, they're sort of just shuffling around as opposed to fighting around. You know, this this is shit people think about in in British wrestling, which is why I love it. So, Gallus retained. Um, What are your opinions on Gallus, Garth? I like them. Quite enjoy them because they were, again, they they were different than the other guys in the match. And, you know, they're just like big brutes that hit people, which is always good. Chris? Um, I feel, first of all, in Gallus, I feel real sorry for Matt Coffey because he's the only one who doesn't strike strike anyone as special. Um, but it's weird with Gallus because, like, Wolfgang has always been, like, the muscle of a team. Like, in ICW with, like, New Age Click or with the Black Label, he'd always be, like, the muscle, but also we'd end up being like the main guy, like he'd be the one who wins the world championships, which is why I find I find it both weird and not weird that Joe Coffey's the main one in Gallus, because it somehow makes more sense for Wolfgang to be the main one of and have the Coffey brothers. Let's not forget as well that Gallus are now face. Yeah, no, that sort of shifted during NXT UK, and that happened on a week where I wasn't watching. It was basically they saved Ilya Dragunov, and that made him face. I don't buy them as faces at all. I mean, I feel like if you see the pops they'd get in Scotland, then <laughs> yeah. But if you're doing that, that that just that's ridiculous. That honestly, I think they work as faces. Joe Coffee makes a deep like we saw it in the Walter match. He makes a good face. Well, we'll get into that main event actually whether, in a moment. Whether, whether or not people whether or not people buy into it or not is another thing because like I think it's fair to say and we're in the same camp where a lot of people in that building don't watch NXT UK weekly I think that's a problem for WWE to try and address this year because if you're trying to get this brand you know to a point where it can be sustainable maybe even go live because they're talking about it going live as well with the BT Sport deal it needs to be a product that isn't just thrown together, which at times NXT UK feels like it is. It's an afterthought. All of the, most of the stories for NXT UK happened backstage. Like on, if you got a taping of Wednesday, there was maybe like two promos. If you don't count Zach Gibson, because like he just does that before his matches anyway. And like Rhea Ripley came out and cut a promo. And then like most of it was said and shit up for the next night. So like, yeah, it's, and if you watch NXT UK, it's like, a bunch of decent undercard matches. Normally a great main event. I'll say that about UK. We normally have really, really, really good main events. Especially like the tag team main events. And then like a few backstage skits. To be fair, they do let people play fast and loose in the backstage skits, which is great. Like especially um, Cassius Ono. He had a mini feud with um, Sid Scala. And um, he kept thinking of new ways to um, incorporate Sid's name into things. <laughs> <laughs> so he kept coming in and going, "Yo, Psycho Sid!" Like he he just went through all of like Psycho Sid's skin. It's like Sid, just this, yes. Um, what are we giving this stars wise then? I'd give it an eight. 
Yeah, I'll give it a yeah. Enjoyed it. Fair enough. Eight it is. Um, for comparison's sake, um, the Bait versus Devlin match, which I forgot to give you a Meltzer rating for, uh, got four and a half, which is fair enough. That's still an absolutely outstanding match. The same as Kenta versus um, Osprey. Uh, yeah, and <laughs> let's let's not mention that because that match still uh, still it's pretty shit, yeah. sticks in my craw. And this got three and a half, so you know, roughly roughly on par. Let's say we move then to the main event of the night, which was the champion Walter taking on Joe Coffey and retaining his WWE United Kingdom title, which has recently been rebranded to the NXT UK Championship. Honestly, I think they just did that because Walter lost the... (laughs) Yeah, the fact that he lost the championship probably doesn't help. Um, Um, Very quickly, this match is stupidly divisive. I see people both loving and hating this match. Okay, well, let's go around the table, so to speak, and get people's initial reactions. So we'll start with Garth. Garth... What did you think of this match? I enjoyed it. Um, I thought... I did think it went a little bit long. But obviously they had to fill the time that was there. But um, I thought it was fine. It was just a different pace to everything else. It was much slower. It was a lot of Walter bumping like a motherfucker. But also sort of grinding down Joe Coffey and working his legs and... Um, STFs and all that sort of stuff. I thought it was fine. I thought it was it was a good match. It wasn't the best match, but it was. I wouldn't. I wouldn't say it was a bad match. There was. I mean, like I say, Walter bumped like a champ. The ref took a fucking unbelievable bump. He really did. Jesus Christ! Because <laughs> I was when I watched it, and then I watched it back again. I was like, he wasn't even really looking. So was that a did they mean to do that? Because he really took a fucking fly. He went miles, didn't he? Um, like, have you remember those old memes where like someone would go, would go off the ground and it's like dun 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 dun? <laughs> it's like that. It's just like you can imagine like a sound effect over the top one. <laughs> he just flies out the fucking ring almost. <laughs> um, but um, I enjoyed what? it, and then obviously the end, the running was fucking unbelievable. Uh, which yeah we'll get into that um all right chris what about you i loved it honestly like don't get me wrong it's definitely it's not my favorite match of the the night it probably comes in around second um second possibly third after the ladder match but i still really enjoy it like honestly like it's one of those matches where anyone could give it anything between like a six and an eight and i'd agree yeah, I get that. I understand that. Why Why would um, you give it an eight? Well, I was invested because I love coffee. Which is fair enough. Which is fair enough. Like, I think that's the thing. I'm invested because of what I watched and what I watched before UK was a thing. I'm invested in a lot of these characters because a lot of them just carried over their characters. So, like, I'm invested in coffee. Walter is obviously one of my favorite guys going. And Brian Alvarez actually just um, put it in, put Walter into words I'd never thought about, but it's completely correct, where he does basic moves badly. <laughs> like, um, but you're still invested. That's how good Walter is. Like, um, his splash isn't a good splash. 
No, it's not. That's the thing as well. This match got over in the building. You cannot say it didn't because everyone was on their feet at the end of it. Oh, yeah. So, like, in that case, he did his job. The chops, they're the, probably the best chops Walter's done in the UK so far. Jesus Christ, they were like machine guns. It it was. Like, you could take them and put in a, in fucking a war film and they could put it in Full Metal Jacket and it would fit. But um, we're fucking... With your fucking references. Hey, I've seen Full Metal Jacket. I really like Full Metal Jacket. I'm so um, proud. You have no idea how proud me and Garth are of you right now. No, because I remember the first time I saw it when Pyle shot himself and I was like, oh, that was a quick movie. Oh, no, it continues. <laughs> we're, as proud of you. we're as proud as you as Triple H was as... Uh, of Tyler. <laughs> Garth is metaphorically in that high-rise bit clapping you while you blow him a kiss. <laughs> to be fair, I was always liking the bunk beds in Blackpool, but um, yeah. Um, yeah. Um, the only bad um, thing that really didn't go well in this match was Coffee whiffed his first um, discus. He really did, yeah. He really did. But then like that second one was so brutal, it kind of made up for it. Because he didn't go for a pin after his first discus, because I don't think Walter would allow it. <laughs> no. <laughs> no joke. No. Um, Bad but joke. No, like, it's, and also, like you know from um, The Young Lion, I like big house matches, and this was a big house match. I'm not saying like it's on the level that like, Stan Hansen, Hansen Kibashi. Or Please don't compare whatever. it to that. I'll come even close. <laughs> but like, still, like everything... Ev- most things hit hard. There was no major botches and you, i was really into the story did it need to go nearly half an hour probably not i think you probably could have taken off 10 minutes and given it to denison seven or like give five minutes to denison seven give five minutes to katie ray and um the katie ray triple threat but i still like i just like jumping ahead of a gun here i'd still give this an eight like this was still that good a match for me and honestly i it's i'm I think it might just be because I'm a massive coffee fan because I also really, really liked the Pete Dunn match from the year before. So, right. <laughs> I don't have a problem per se with this match. Um, I think there was a problem with the booking, which I'll get into in a moment, and. I don't personally see Joe Coffey as a main event talent. Now, I know, Chris, that you've seen him in stuff before, and I know that, you know, ICW and all that. I've seen him as a main event talent. He works as a main event talent. It's how he's been booked in the UK. doesn't get him over as one. But, like, um, he had his Iron King run in ICW, where, like, literally his gimmick was bring on... I will fight ICW talent on pay-per-views, and I'll fight outside talent on tapings. That was literally his gimmick. So he fought on tapings for like Keith Lee, Moose, Colt Cabana, and he kept Martin Kirby, and he kept going like, um, yeah, like literally just bring. I just want the big money fights, and I'll have it whenever. And it really worked, and it was a great promo. And like literally, had every other prisons you could throw against him aren't in that run. And it's super, it's super weird to me how like when they try to because they obviously want Go- Coffee to be in like their main event scene. So it fucking surprises me that they have like they haven't seen the ICW run and went, yeah, we should do we should book him like that. For me, because he had a faction and everything, he was in. No, no, sorry, go ahead. No, that's right. Um, I was just gonna say, I, 
that's fair enough, but you've got to take into account that a lot of people haven't seen no, that I know run. A lot of this is why I said I can see why people wouldn't see him that way if they're only watching like UK yeah. or like even if they only watch Progress or whatever. And I'm not saying that it's Joe Coffey's fault at all. I'm not. You know, it could be quite easily the way he's produced or the way the match is produced or whatever, but I did have an issue with the fact that I don't see Joe Coffey as a viable threat. I think after, as Chris mentioned, the viable, uh, sorry, the divisive, very divisive Pete Dunn versus Joe Coffey match, I find it quite peculiar that of the three takeovers, we've now had Joe Coffey in the main event of two of them. Um, I find that very, very hard to believe considering the roster and the depth of the roster that they've got on NXT UK. I was really surprised I wasn't Dragunov in this match because that seems on TV that seems to be where we were heading because Dragunov was feuding with Imperium and then just one day Coffee comes out saves um, Dragunov and suddenly he's in the main event yeah and that sort of pales into significance in the fact that I wasn't particularly happy with how they booked Walter in this match Um, in the way that we had a ref bump and an Alexander Wolf running, and yes, I am fully aware that Walter is a heel champion in a faction. Therefore, apparently, the rules of that faction are, or the rule of any sort of faction in a WWE product is that they must run in and they must help their leader. No, <laughs> you've got Walter as a dominant heel champion. Look at everywhere Walter has been. He is a massive fucking dude. He does not need to be winning I, because I of... Add- I will argue that in progress of the latter half of his world title run, he did become a bit of a chicken chair heel. Latter half, Chris. He's had one takeover title defence. One. There is not a chance that Walter, fucking Walter, should be winning because... And don't get me wrong, like Garth said, that fucking ref bump. Jesus Christ. He took that flying dropkick like an absolute boss. So, hat tip to that ref. Um, and I actually did the hat tip for those who can't see. But you're wearing a hat. <laughs> to then have Alexander Wolf run in and Dragonov run in, and then for the match to end, yeah, and it it harkened back to the first take of Blackpool. One of my big issues with the main event of Takeover Blackpool 2019 was the fact that the win came from fucking nowhere. We'd gone through all these massive, massive spots, and then a fucking finger break ended the match, if you remember. It was a very strange sort of submission move that we think they called on the fly because they messed up the bigger spot. But even so, it was such a weird ending. And this sort of came from nowhere as well. It it just sort of, oh, that that's it. And God's right. That's, ca- that's kind of how Walter matches go, though. I know, but you look at his match with Pete Dunning at New York. Yeah, but they were catering that to... Like- when you look at the end of the of the bait match, that came out of nowhere. No, he didn't at all. Yeah, because like, Tyler Bate was literally just about to make a fiery comeback, and Walter was like, "Nope, no." But none that, of that. They built to that. They built to that because you had Bate get literally shakily to his feet. He kicked out of something at one, and then Walter just put him down. And you were like, "Right, well, that's it. He's got nothing left." This, I don't feel like you had that with Joe Coffey, and I think the run-in took away from that. I don't know. I, I just... For me, Joe Coffey didn't seem like a like, viable on, thing. 
Honestly, if they wanted to get the Dragonoff feud, because that, that's obviously what the running was for, was to get the Dragonoff feud over. Then Dragonoff should have had, then it should have been Walter versus Dragonoff. Yeah, which would have been phenomenal. But, like, I'm not, I, I think it might be because they're not confident in Dragonoff for the draw yet, but, like, that's stupid. You're, you're running a takeover in a fairly small building, it's going to sell out. I'm going to roll the end of this into what I'm going to say now as well, because Garth, I'm going to let Garth go in on this because this was his favourite bit and he was like a small school child. Um, Garth, what happened after the match? Uh, Well, we had a number of run-ins. We did. Eli Dragunov and etc. But then we stood there for fucking ages (laughs) thinking... We went from one end of the arena to the other just looking at a better view. We're going to give it one more minute and then we're going... And then we just heard a bit of a kerfuffle. And then people shouting, what What the fuck's going on? And then we saw Undisputed Era run in the ring. And it, that, honestly, that's probably the biggest pop I've ever heard in a live show that I've been to. It was enormous. Was incredible. And the clean house, they beat the shit out of um, Walter and then left the ring. No music. And I was like, play the music, play the damn music. They were waiting um, to go, if you watch it back, they were waiting for, because they wanted like that cold finish. Yeah. So, to be fair, that running, Walter's never looked more massive Pathetic. in his life. Not pathet- not, no, but more, not, like he looks like a monster that was being put down. But he looked like when the, because obviously he sort of stood there and went, well, come on then. And then they put him down and when they were holding him up, he actually looked like, like a frightened beast. Which is no, quite exa- cool. Yeah, no, exactly. That's what I was thinking. It looked like um, when a big monster's being tamed, it was really yeah. cool. And, and I'm just saying Imperium better fucking go over it and um, Worlds Collide. But but it was just when, when Undisputed Era came out, they went up the ramp. And I've watched it back again, and you can see everybody going, do the thing, do the thing. And then the cameras get turned off, and then they do. <laughs> then he did the Adam Cole baby. Um, Brilliant. Perfect end to it. Yeah. I loved it. Rob Rob called it. I did. I did call it because I knew that the main event of Worlds Collide was that. And I love the fact that, you know, the Undisputed Era and Imperium had this little exchange at the end. And from a live point, you fucking hell, what a great reception. You're right, Garth. That fucking pop was incredible. No, because they were running through the crowd. So, like, you heard, like, a couple people screaming, and it's like, oh, what's going on? Is there a fight going on? No, it's Undisputed Era. But again, (laughs) we've got the champion of this brand who has already had to win due to a ref bump being taken out completely. I would have preferred... It it was far on one, to be fair, with that. Because they took out Imperium, um, the other members, by surprise. But then, and then, wouldn't it have been better if they had the actual stare down, where like a battle no, line had been drawn? Because that's that what that's what we thought. Mm. That's what we thought was going to happen. That's why we moved to the other side of the arena because we wanted to see them actually come out. And then we ran through the crowd. I, honestly, I, I think either angle's fine because they're going to look if they don't if they don't make Imperium look stronger at Wells Clive, and I have no hope in my life, quite frankly. But. um... <laughs> Yeah, yeah, they've got to make Walter look good on that show. They've got to have Imperium go over, surely. Honestly, yeah. But my only thought is there's more... Dispo- like, I swear it sounds like Alexander Wolfe is more disposable than Roderick Strong, who'd be the most 
to spot. Actually, no, I guess Bobby, Bobby Fish. Fish. Not to spot. Yeah, poor Bobby Fish. I love Bobby Fish. I don't think he cares. Nah. In fact, though, in fact, we ca- we kind of came up with it um, when we were talking about about in Blackpool, which member undisputed era we'd be in. We ca- we immediately because Gas Bjorn, we just immediately went Gas Bobby Fish. Oh, I think you make a great Bobby Fish, darling. <laughs> to, to be fair, I said I'm Kyle O'Reilly just because of my weird movements. Because your weird movements. Um, <laughs> what are we giving this? Because I've got a feeling we're going to vary quite spectacularly on this. Yeah, I, I've already said I'd give it an eight. Um, Garth? It's hard. Um, Don't talk about think... gift, Garth. Your dick, Garth. Just tell us you're right. I'm going to go... Eight, but very low eight. Almost seven, but I'm going to go eight. Okay. <laughs> what was your rating, Rob? I gave it a six. Ooh, wow. And I'll be honest, it was more because of the rewatch. And I don't know. This might, this might, I give this a nine live. Like, the rewatch did knock this down for me. But, like, I still think it's really good. I think a couple of things that knocked it down for me, it went too long, which we've all said, we've all agreed on. Um, I think my, you know, my previous concern about Joe Coffey, I don't think he's main, main event talent, and I think he shouldn't be main eventing takeovers, certainly not yet, and certainly not for, a, you know, for another couple. And I just, I don't understand why they're booking Walter the way they're booking Walter. Um, it's baffling to me. That will all, you know, the run-in at the end, you know, fuck it, it was amazing. And, you know, the pop was incredible. And if Imperium go over it, Worlds Collide, then that's fair enough as far as I'm concerned. But those previous things were enough for me to go, yeah, six. Because it was an eight for me live. But I don't know. I just don't buy Joe Coffee, And that was, I think that was sort of, Sort of proved by the fact that Gallus came out after Undisputed Era because every fucker had forgot Joe Coffey was still out there. <laughs> it's so bad. Well, it's like, like, uh, they had to come and scrape him up off the floor, didn't they? They did. And it was a bit like, oh, like, shit. Yeah, I forgot he was out there. And then they took ages to get him up the fucking ramp. With, um... That's two years in a row that Joe Coffey's just been fucked off after the... Um, after losing a main event. But I actually got played in a video package. Um, where when Joe Coffey tried to square up to Walter and Walter just kicked him out of the ring. But that's the way Walter should be. That's the way he should be, just this dismissive arsehole. And he was for parts of this match, but I just, I, yeah, I, honestly, I've said I, my piece I on that. Cause I, honestly, I think, um, I wouldn't be surprised if it was one for I can see Walter just going, um, being mad about it later on. We'll see how it develops and we'll see obviously where the next takeover is and when yeah. that is. Because like Wolf is a weird member of Imperium, because like he's still slightly sanity, but not quite. Yeah, and he does seem to be, you know, the sort of elected fall guy as well. So whereas, well, as you mentioned, like, much like insanity. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And you've already mentioned the fact that in Undisputed Era there isn't really a fall guy. So that'll be that'll be interesting to see how they go. I mean, if that ends like, in a double DQ, fucking hell. I'm not being funny with. Um, Wolf, when you're the palest member of a group of Europeans. <laughs> <laughs> no, you got a good point there. Um, I mean, two eights and a six, does that equal out as a seven? 
if, yeah. if we have to. But I have to say, though, this was... Despite, last year was still a really fun show, but this was a better show than last year. I think it helps that you've got that fucking bait and devlin match, which was just incredible. Absolutely like, um, incredible. Like, it's better than the best match last year, which was the um, GIV mustache match. Bait just steals takeovers. That's what we're learning. Shouldn't he be the champion then? Or at least, uh, in my opinion, once Walter drops this title, Bait should it, have it, or Devlin should have it, and we should just have every single NXT UK takeover headlined by Bait versus Devlin. Every single one. I want, I want my Devlin versus Elia Dragunov match on a big stage already. <laughs> Do it. I just think that you've got enough talent on that card now to have interesting matchups without repeating the same people this in the main is, events. I think this brand is screaming for a secondary title. Uh, yes, I agree. I agree. Um, um, European Championship. I mean, it would mm-hmm. it would make literally all of the sense. I say that, but then putting Europe under. UK, which to be fair is how the UK seems to feel. So yeah, exactly. Garth, what do you think of the show overall? Overall, I enjoyed it. It didn't. It seemed to totally fly by as well. It like, really did. Yeah, I agree. None of the matches, apart from the main event, because it was quite long, it didn't feel like they oversteered the welcome at all. Um, I really enjoyed it. Good fun. Yeah, Good fun. I think it's. I think it's. I think we find it more fun because it's sort of our annual get together now. It is, it is, and we'll see where the next NXT UK takeover is. Um, I can't see it being one that's going to be as easily accessible for us as Blackpool. To be fair, imagine if it's like Manchester, it's like, yep, we're going <laughs> Stoke. Okay, Rob, we're going on. <laughs> NXT UK takeover Stoke on Trent. I don't think there's a badge, <laughs> I don't think there's a logo big enough to fit all that on. I, what I found funny was the whole time, Garth was going, why haven't we done one in Scotland yet? I'm like, you're complaining about not having one in Scotland. I know, fucking hell. Um, but Garth was just like, because of the Photoshop potential, and, his, and Garth is the guy who does most of our graphics, I'm like, that makes sense. Yeah, it would be amazing. It would be amazing. And to be honest, I can't see... They do the tapings up there, so I can't see it being too long. Um, but the problem is, though, no, like, they like to do them in like fairly pretty buildings. Like, there's pretty, like, there's pretty aspects to the Cardiff building, and there's not as pretty as... I like to do it in picturesque buildings. There's not really any picturesque things like that in Glasgow. There's quite a few <laughs> picturesque car parks in uh, Stoke. <laughs> I was wondering, again, I think about, like, beyond, if they did Edinburgh, Usher Hall could be good, but I'm not sure if they could clear that out for wrestling. I don't know. You'd be surprised. NXT UK fans and the UK wrestling scene, they'd, they'd fill it up. Yeah, but well, no, I'm not worried about them filling it up. It's like rearranging it. And because if we want to keep doing takeovers in picturesque buildings, there's not many. Like, some of the like, O2s look good, like, um, Brixton looks good and all that, but, like, Setting up for a ring could be annoying. We'll see. We'll see where they go for the next one. Um, I've got a feeling that it will either be down south or Scotland. I don't think we're going to have one middle or north now. Could be. Could be an Irish one. Am I hearing lads' trip to Ireland? <laughs> that that's what I heard. Lads, Dan. lads. My God, NXT UK takeover lads, Dublin. Lads, lads. Looking for some more lads. <laughs> and with that, um, ladies and gentlemen, uh, thank you so much for listening to the podcast. Uh, make sure you check out our uh, watch along of the Royal Rumble 1995. It's currently up on the website and all podcasting platforms. Please go and check it out. It is brilliant, if I do say so. 
myself. Um, thank you so much for listening. You can talk to us on Twitter at Podmania. The same with Facebook at Podmania Podcasts. Subscribe to the YouTube channel at, at Real Podmania. Same with Instagram. Um, don't forget to check out the website www.podmania.co.uk. You've got the archives of all our podcasts alongside our universe mode, our archive of match ratings, our pay-per-view pickums, and the results to that, which currently stand, I believe, at seventeen. Four, no, 17, 15, 17, 14, 7, I think. Did I put in the group chat earlier? Yeah, you did, because um, if, if I was so close to also clean sweeping in terms of, like, wins, Wrestle Kingdom weekends. You were. You were, but unfortunately, I managed we, to pull it out of the bag at night, too. So. Are we doing um, World's Collide predictions? Is that week after next? Uh, the week after this, sorry. We said a week on um, two weeks Sunday, so yeah, it'd be next week. Right, so it's not Saturday, is it? it's not tomorrow. <laughs> well, if it's tomorrow, it's not exactly hard to like just go. Okay, we're doing these because we didn't even. I don't even think we put up our UK predictions. Um, they're up on the website. Well, yeah, we, we didn't put them out on social media beforehand. No, well, let's um, have a look. But, sorry, this has turned into a production meeting. Um... Worlds Collide twenty twenty. Um, it is on the January the twenty fifth, so it is a week on Saturday. Is it? A week on Rumble... yeah, a week on Saturday. Is it happening Rumble weekend? It is. The Rumble is next Sunday. Hang on, when's Takeover then? There isn't one. February. They haven't. Oh, are we just doing that separately now? They're doing Worlds Collide instead of a Takeover, and then Takeover Portland is oh. um, with one of the matches. Fucking Gargano Gar- versus Balor. Ah. Uh, ah. Uh, oh my god. Oh my god. Anyway, ladies and gentlemen. Fair, Keith Lee's also number one contender for the North Americans. So that's Roddy versus Keith Lee. That's, it's, that's all right. it's just going to be incredible. So, sorry, NXT TakeOver Portland, uh, February 16th, 2020. If you don't want to hear spoilers, then please turn off now because there's only a couple of minutes be, left. It wouldn't be- it wouldn't be spoilers, would it? Cause, oh, it's live uh, TV now, isn't it? They're live now, yeah. Um, so February the 16th, 2020 from Portland, Oregon. Uh, the two matches set at the moment are Finn Balor versus Johnny Gargano, and then the women's match is Rhea Ripley versus Bianca Belair. Oh, for fuck's sake. Uh, I don't know. We'll we'll see. Oh, I'm, I'm sorry. Like, Rhea Ripley is someone who needs someone good in there to have a good match. Bianca's good, but, like, not... A cat, like she needs like an eel or a Candice or a. I say Dakota Kai, but she's heel now. And Tegan Knox, even a Shayna. The Shayna match was really good. We'll see. We'll see. I'm sure we'll put up our predictions for that as well, and I'm sure all of us will watch it because all of us tend to watch NXT takeovers. Um... We watch take and two hours for Rumble next week. Oh, I'm, am I going to stay up? I might stay up. I don't have. I don't have uni the next day. So I'm, I'm going to stay up. <laughs> we'll do predictions for the rumble. I'm not. I'm not staying up for it. So I'll watch it the next day um, because I've got shit to do. Um, <laughs> in the meantime, ladies and gentlemen, um, thank you so much for listening. You can talk to me on Twitter at real Rob Goodwin. Um, Garth, where can they find you? At Gothamania. Chris. At Podmania. Have you just Have you just abandoned your Twitter now? I mean, it exists at at, um, at Neogoto. But um, <laughs> no, go to. Um, I was trying to do that the voice, but like you can't do the voice like understated with that. You have to just like belt it. It's like no, go to, no, no, no. no but yeah, I, I, 
why why would I no I don't care about my like it has my dumb face no one needs to see my dumb I I I mostly tweet I'm mostly the only one tweeting on the pod mania thing right now so like just yeah if that's where you find me <laughs> okay well that went places um <laughs> thank you so much for I listening to, ladies and gentlemen I need to change that you I really do because <laughs> the the joke has run its course but he kept bullying me for my old one that's because it was Chris from a rose or whatever it was no that. No, that's that's my um, that's still my name. It's not my app. My app was Candy Chris ninety seven. I mean, I rest my case. I really do rest my case. <laughs> Garth liked it. No, he doesn't. Garth, did you like it? Chris from the Rules is alright. <laughs> no, that was that's taken. That app is taken, and it's it haunts me every day. <laughs> right, guys, we'll talk to you again soon. Bye, bye. You've been listening to the Podmania Pro Wrestling Podcast. Follow us on Twitter at Podmania, Facebook at Podmania Podcasts, and YouTube and Instagram at RealPodmania. And check out the website, podmania.co.uk. Until next time, wrestling fans. Wrestling fans.